listening to the Your Life Rocks podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Yes, even for you. This show is designed to help working moms focus on the things that matter most in life and helping you balance all that life has for you with practical tips from one working mom to another. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, and I am so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. Today, we have a special guest with us, and we are talking all about career And in that, finding a career that is fulfilling for you, that allows you to use your giftings and even further the kingdom of God. Now, as we say in our conversation today, we believe that you can further that kingdom regardless of where you are, that God can use you right where he has planted you. I'm really excited for this interview because I was able to ask our guest expert some questions about career that really has stemmed from our community, questions that I have seen come up around how to handle the change with your family, how to present change with your family, how to move through all of those things, how to figure out what your strengths are. And we are tackling all of those topics in today's episode. Because as a working mom, sometimes it's hard to find career guidance from a Christian perspective, from a perspective from another mom that is in the thicks of it. Now, let me tell you about our guest that we have on today. Her name is Janine Esbran, and she is the founder of Lightbox Coaching, a coaching and consulting company which helps ambitious women just like you thrive in their careers beyond motherhood. Janine studied her LLB law degree in City University in London, and after that, she spent a year in New York where she worked at a Manhattan-based law firm. Upon her return to the UK, she trained and qualified as a corporate lawyer at the leading UK firm. Now, After practicing as a corporate lawyer for four years, she moved into a sole legal counsel role at the International Fuel Company. So this woman knows what it's like to grow her career, to set her goals, have ambition, and get it done. Now, alongside her career, Janine trained as a life and career coach so that she can help other people on a more personal level. When she's not coaching or practicing law, Janine can be found spending time with her husband and two young children, podcasting or traveling. Now, the one thing I really enjoyed about speaking with Janine is not only is she legit, I mean, she is a, an incredible, smart woman who has done the do of working her career, climbing the ladder. She knows what it takes to be able to do that and to advance towards the goals that you have. But two, she understands what it is to balance all of that ambition for your career with having a family and how to make those adjustments to make it work. And that's exactly what we talk about in this episode. Now, one of the key things that is kind of the thread that weaves throughout our entire conversation is the intentionality of working for what you want. It's not just having that intentionality and hoping it falls in your lap. It's really about going for it, but going for it with focus, drive, and determination. And just like how all of those things are key in building a career that you want, those are the things that are key in building the balance that you want in your life as well. Now, I don't know about you, but summertime is one of those seasons that just feels like it's a little slower time of the year. And so it makes it a perfect time for me to always do a lot of self-reflection and personal growth and personal development. And I hope that you're reading a book. I hope that you're diving into the word of God this summer and really getting to know him on a deeper level. Now, if you are looking for some more intention around creating balance, We are going to be starting a seven-week series all about building in more balance into your life. 
And I could not be more excited to be putting together this seven-week series for you. So this seven-week series will be starting live next week on the podcast. So if you haven't yet hit subscribe, make sure you do so you don't miss it. Now, I'm also putting together a lot of really great tools for you to help you plan and do each of the weekly activities. So you want to make sure you are on the email list for that. So if you go to Your Life Rocks. Dot com. You can sign up there, or if you're a member of our Facebook community, I'll have the link on there, or even on Instagram. I'm going to make it super easy for you guys because I know you got a lot going on, because I got a lot going on, and you and I, we are in the same spot. So I will be putting links where you can sign up for that seven-week challenge and get all of the support materials, journal thought starters, extra tips, things like that to really help you maximize creating more balance for yourself over the course of the next seven weeks. Now, of course, everything is absolutely free to you to be participating in. It's just my way of saying thank you for being a listener of this show and saying thank you for believing in life balance and believing that you can too have that for your life. All right, you guys, now let's get into my interview with Janine. I know you're going to love hearing from her. Janine, welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast. I am so excited to dive into all things career with you today. But before we do that, tell us a little bit more about who you are. Hi, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on the show. So my name is Janine, as you said, and I am a mummy to two gorgeous babies, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, a wife to a wonderful husband. And I'm also a lawyer and I am a career coach too. So I'm a busy lady and yeah, blessed and God is doing amazing things at this time in my life in this period. That is amazing. And you know, when you look at your bio and everything that you've accomplished and everything that you do, it's so impressive. And then to hear that you are balancing that with small little ones at home is really, really incredible. And I have to say, for our listeners, like you have no idea. Janine and I actually had this interview scheduled a couple days ago, and then I had to reschedule because something was going on with my son at school as a working mom. I want to make sure I'm there for every opportunity that I could. So I was trying to reschedule, and Janine was so gracious in doing so, but then her daughter got sick, and so we had to reschedule. But as true working moms, we made it work (laughs) just a couple days later, despite everything else that's going on. So high five to us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So with all of this beautiful craziness and everything that God is doing in your life, talk to me a little bit about balance and how you see balance for you and yourself. So I think balance is one of those things that everybody's striving for, but it's not always possible to feel that you're 100% balanced all the time. So the scales are not always going to be equal. And sometimes they're tipping on one side and sometimes they're tipping on another side. So for me, I think I like to think of it as in any given day, things might not feel balanced. But if I look at things over the course of, say, a week or a month, I could say, well, actually, I've spent quite a lot of time with the children and then I've managed to get some work done. So overall, I'm balancing things. But if I looked on a day-to-day basis, it might feel as though things are swinging in one direction. And when I kind of thought of things in that way and started to not beat myself up about that, I couldn't keep all the balls in the air all the time, then life got a lot simpler and a lot less stressful. Yeah. And I think that that's so huge because, you know, obviously we talk a lot about balance here on the show and we talk about it being possible because people often say, well, it's not possible. What's well, not possible to balance everything right at this moment. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking to you. So how can I give time to my husband or my kids or that cleaning the house? But it's really having that healthy perspective, I think, of what balance looks like. And this is where I think the enemy can 
get us, right? Is that he can be like, well, you're spending a lot of time today on your work and not with your kids. You know what I mean? Like he can start to really speak those things to us. But if we can really start to notice the truth and put the light on the truth that, yeah, no, but on Saturday, like we went to the park and we did all this, this great stuff and you rescheduled the podcast with me to take care of your sick daughter. Like, you know what I mean? Like really shining the light on the things that we are balancing and kind of the good stuff that we're doing as a mom, we can really combat that. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. It's really important to do that because it's easy to go down a rabbit hole of just thinking, I'm just not doing it well. I'm not managing. I'm not coping. When actually, when you take a step back and look at what you're managing to juggle, you're doing a lot. So giving yourself grace in that area is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's hard for some of us as working moms who have a job that we love and that we're passionate about and we feel like we're really giving the best of ourselves into our job. I know for me, I'm will always be a workaholic. I've just come to terms with the fact that that's, that's what I have to always be working on and working with is the fact that I am a workaholic. And so I have to always try to balance that with my family. But you know, some people I talk to, they want to love their job, but they might not always love their job. And, you know, I always think about it kind of like marriage. So You know, for me, some people I talk to and they're in our group or they'll send me an email and they're in a position in their career where they feel like they've just kind of naturally ended up or maybe they've gone to school for a certain profession and they feel stuck. They feel like they have to be in this place that they don't necessarily want to be. And I feel like when you have that kind of a career or you find yourself in that kind of a position, that's where the guilt really starts to stem in because you're not necessarily seeing the contributions that you have, or you're not living in your gifting. And I think that that is one of the things that can also make us feel really out of balance. And the reason why I say this reminds me of marriage is because early on, my husband and I were at a marriage retreat and the pastor had said at the time, marriage isn't for happiness, it's for holiness, but you'll always try to find happiness in your marriage. And when you do, you'll always come up short. But Mm. I feel like career is different. It's one of those things that it doesn't have to be unhappy. You can find fulfillment in that. And that's what you're here to talk to us about today. So share with me a little bit about why it's important to find fulfillment in the work that we're doing. I think it's really important, especially if you are a working mom, because ultimately the time that you spend at work is time away from your family. So if you're spending time away from your family, you want to be doing something that makes it worthwhile. So you're going to be spending hours in the office or hours doing work and that's time that you can't get back. So if you're spending that time miserable, then it doesn't really make sense when you're looking at it from a point of view of not wanting to feel guilty to be spending that time and then be away from your family. So I think that's the primary reason why it's really important. And then the other reason is that Ultimately, we're all given talents and we're all given strengths that we can use to impact other people. And we can do that through our career. So we can be impacting and serving others through our careers. And if you're stuck in a job that isn't well aligned with you and your gifts and your values, then you're not necessarily being able to do what it is you could be doing and making the impact that you could be doing because you're stuck. Yeah. And stuck is not a fun place to be (laughs) and anything in life, but especially your career, because I think so many of us, you know, it's not only a huge time commitment of what we do week in and week out and day in and day out, but it's also a time commitment of putting in those long hours, doing, you know, the schooling, going through all of the things necessary to climb up that corporate ladder only to find ourselves in a position where we're looking around being like, I'm not sure I really want to be here or I should be here. 
Yes, absolutely. I can totally relate to people that get there because my background is as a lawyer. So in addition to being a career coach, I'm also a lawyer. And I worked really hard to achieve where I got to in my career. So I, I started off really young, knowing that I wanted to be a lawyer. And I went through all the hoops that I needed to jump through. And I figured out what I needed to do to qualify. And then when I qualified, I got there and I thought, oh, is this it? Like, this isn't really what I thought it was going to be. I was so tunnel visioned and I had so much focus on getting there and qualifying that I didn't really look past that. And so when I qualified, I thought, okay, I do like being a lawyer, but there must be something else, which is what led me to then uh, become a coach because I realized I wanted to help people on more of a personal level than I was doing as a corporate lawyer. But it's so easy to stay focused for so long and not look around. And it's so easy not to realize that actually this isn't my path and this isn't really what I want to be doing and a lot of people feel like they've invested so much time and energy into getting there so therefore they have to stay and not look at what the alternatives might be which I think is a shame. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we can beat ourselves up too to be like, well, what is wrong with me? How many other people would feel so blessed to be where I'm at and yet I'm here and maybe this is not right. And I think too, there's even like that bit of pride. Like I thought this is what I wanted and I told everyone this is what I wanted and now I'm here and it's not really what I wanted. So what's it going to look like to everybody else if I pivot? What's it going to look like? How am I going to tell that to my husband? How am I going to tell that to my mom (laughs) that this is not what I want to do anymore? So I think that that's interesting. So when you find yourself in that position, and I think this is a beautiful way of kind of bringing about the points that you have for us and guiding us. If you find yourself in that place of just kind of like, wait, what, what am I doing? I feel like I should be doing something different. What are the first thing of doing to help you realize really what you should be doing? Because I think that that's sometimes where we can get hung up, right? Is this idea of it doesn't feel right. And I know this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. What am I supposed to be doing? I mean, I don't know for you for, was it kind of easy to realize like, Oh, I'm an attorney, but this doesn't feel good. I know I should be a life coach. Was it an easy transition or did it take a little bit for you to kind of realize what it is that you should be doing with your life? So it takes some work. And that question comes up a lot where people are saying, well, if not this, then what, what would I do? And then people stop there because they can't figure out, well, I don't know how to figure out what it would be. So for me, and this is what I talk to clients about, it takes time to really think about, well, what is it about what I'm doing now that I'm not enjoying? So taking a step back from your day to day and a practical way that you can do this is to write down a list of what do I love about my job and what don't I like about my job and think about the tasks that you like and think about the environment, think about your colleagues, think about all of the different aspects that make up your work day and figure out what it is that, that you really enjoy and what you don't. And when you start to do that, you can start to see patterns and areas where, okay, well, if I don't enjoy this, then, and this is an integral part of this type of work, then perhaps I need to then change work. The other thing to think about is whether or not it is the role that you're doing or whether it's the organization that you work for. So mm-hmm. take my example as a lawyer. So I worked as a corporate lawyer for a national law firm. My work in a national law firm is going to be very different from, say, a really small boutique law firm and also very different from a large international law firm. And so it could be that it's not a complete profession change that you need. It might just be a change in the environment. So you might just need to find the same role, but in a different organization. So it's all about taking some time to think about what is it that's not working for me? That's the first thing to do. And then once you figure out, okay, well, these are the areas I don't really enjoy. This isn't really working for me. 
then think about, well, what would you like to be doing? So paint a picture of your ideal work day. What would your ideal work environment look like? What type of things would you like to be doing in terms of the practical? So do you like being on the phone? Do you like being out and about speaking to people? Do you like researching? What do you enjoy doing? Do you think that through? And then the last piece of the puzzle is to identify what your strengths are. So what are you actually really good at? What are your God-given talents? What are the things that you do that come so naturally to you that you hardly think about it? But to other people, they would say, how do you do that? So for example, public speaking, some people just love public speaking and they're really good at it and they don't really think about it. They just do it. Whereas other people who would be so scared to get up on a stage would come to you and say, how do you do that? But that's your gift. That's something that just comes naturally to you. So when you can identify what those things are, then you can start thinking about, well, what type of role could I take on or what kind of transition could I make so that I could be using my strengths more and I could be leveraging the strengths that I have and then doing what I enjoy. And then those things together can lead you to a completely different industry or a completely different role. Or it might just mean that you tweak things a little bit in terms of what you're doing. Yeah. And I think that this is so good. This is one of those things I think is hard for people. I know it's been hard for me in the past and even, you know, talking with my friends, it's hard for us to sometimes see those things that we're good at because we Mm -hmm. take it for granted. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so easy for us. It's like, well, why doesn't everyone know how to do that? (laughs) Yeah, Everybody good with people. It doesn't everybody know how to do technology. You know, I think that that's where it's really difficult. So how can we best identify what those areas are that we're strong in? So there's two ways. One is to pay attention to what people are saying. So you could even send out a text message to like a group of your friends and just say, what would you say my top strengths are? And just get them to get back to you and then look at some of the commonalities. So some of the things that you might see everyone says, someone who's really positive or you're encouraging or you're loyal. Like you just see what types of descriptions that people have and where you see that there's the same things being repeated. That's an indicator. You could also take a strengths finder test. So there's a number of tests that you can do by different organizations, but the two that I would recommend is strengths finder and also strength profile. So essentially they're online assessments that you go on, you answer a bunch of questions and then it will give you your top five or top seven strengths. And it will tell you, summarize what those strengths are and give you some indicators as to how you could be using them. So I think taking the assessment is really good because it's objective, but also getting the feedback from others as well is useful. So that's where you can start where you're saying, okay, well, let me be intentional about this and really figure out where my strengths lie. So I would definitely recommend those. Yeah, I think that that's really good. I have never heard of Strengths Profile. I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm a huge fan of the Strengths Finder and the book and like the whole thing is incredible, yes. incredible. My previous job, I actually made all my staff take Strengths Finder and we used that as part of our conversations with their development and how we could really utilize them within the organization because when you're in your strengths, not only does it make you feel like you're productive and you're giving back, but it's easier too, just as a supervisor to know, like, this is what you're really good at. How can I utilize that to better further our goals as an organization or as a team? So, um, yeah. So the, the organization that Gallup, who, who developed the Strengths Finder, they've done a number of different studies and lots of research. And they've just found that over and over again, that the organizations that have people 
working to their strengths and playing to their strengths are far more productive in terms of sales, in terms of just how everybody's performance is and productivity. And so it's not just about the individual, but from an organization's point of view, if you can figure out what the strengths are and you can blend your teams correctly so you've got good balance, so you have the people that you know are the visionaries who don't really like to worry about the detail paired up with the people that like to worry about the detail but don't necessarily have ideas, then you've got a great team. You've got the people that are going to figure out where you're going to get to and then you've got the people that are going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So if you can be a manager who's more mindful of that, that's great. But you as an individual, if you know what your strengths are and you're going for a job, you're able to pitch yourself and tell them how your strengths are going to play into their long-term business visions. And that's going to be making you stand out as a candidate. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes too, when we're thinking about this, about feeling stuck in a job or needing to make a change, and maybe someone, they go through and they do the strengths finder and they realize, wow, no wonder I'm miserable here. I'm not living in my strengths. And sometimes we can have this all or nothing thinking. We talk about this a lot on this show where it's like, okay, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So I have to quit my job and go find something else and completely reinvent myself. When sometimes it just can be a conversation that you have with your boss about maybe switching to another department or another role or even sometimes just moving your role slightly so that you are working in your strengths. Yeah. And there's a concept around that called job crafting, which is essentially where you look at what your strengths are, look at the role that you have now and what the objective of the role is. And then you look at how you can maybe tweak things so that you're working in a way that's more aligned with your strengths. So there's an example of someone that I was speaking to recently and her top strength is focus. And she was working with an organization where it was an open plan office and people would constantly interrupt her throughout the day. And it was driving her insane because she wasn't able to focus. That's her primary strength. So what she did was she decided to kind of create her own office hours. So she told people between this time and this time, I'm happy to answer questions, but otherwise I'm not. And so people got used to the fact that they needed to go and speak to her at that time. Or if she was working on something that was really detailed, she would take herself away and go into a private meeting room so that she could focus. And so she didn't change her role. She's still doing the same thing, but she changed the way that things were done and she felt so much better for it and felt more productive. I'm so glad that you're bringing this up because I was actually thinking about doing an entire episode about this, but I think it's really good just to touch on this as we're talking about this topic is that we forget sometimes that we do have the power. And especially when you have put so many drops in the bucket, meaning you've done the job for a little while, you've contributed to the organization in a way that we can make our jobs be what we want them to be. We can kind of speak up for ourselves in some instances, obviously sometimes maybe not. But you know, recently for me, my job requires me to be quite creative. I'm a national training manager, so I have to design content and create all of that stuff. Well, for me, I'm most creative early in the morning. And usually I'm in meetings until like noon or afternoon. And then in the afternoon time is when I have my free time to be creative. And that's when I'm just kind of brain dead and not creative at all. And so I finally came to my boss and said, look, we need to make some changes for me to be more effective and more efficient in my role. And so now I work East Coast hours. So I'm able to get all of my creative work done early in the morning. I live on the West Coast of the US. Mm -hmm. So I start work at like 5am and then I'm done by two. And you know, from like nine to one, I'm usually in meetings back to back, but I have four solid hours in the morning before meetings start where I can get projects done and I can be creative. And it's allowed me to really enjoy my job a lot more because before I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know. I want to like this job, but I just don't know if I can. But just making that little switch has been such a huge difference. 
that's so awesome I love to hear things like that and I think the key thing that I picked up of what you just said is that you highlighted to them how it's going to impact so the fact that if you allow me to work earlier then I'm going to be far more productive and my creative juices are going to be flowing so I'm going to produce better work so when you are making proposals to your line manager or your team you want to be clear on how are the changes going to benefit them overall so you don't just lead with you know I don't like to work in this way so can we change it but you're saying if I can work in this new way then this is how it's going to impact the revenue or our our targets or whatever the the goals are for for your team know what those are and then know how your proposed changes can align with those because then you're more likely to get a yes yes absolutely absolutely and I think sometimes we forget that when we go and we have those career conversations that the reason why we are there is to serve the organization. And so we need yeah. to make sure, like as we're proposing things or, or talking about things, it really is about serving the organization. And if it's a great organization, their goal is to serve you as well. So, yeah. but we kind of have to go in it with that mindset. So, I mean, I love this because this is really talking about being courageous enough to know your strengths, know the way that you work best, to be able to make some of those changes or even just request making some of those changes But talk to us a little bit on how we can increase that impact. Because I truly believe that God gave us the gifts that he's given us, all very individual, for a purpose. And to really bring the body of people together so that Mm -hmm. one is strong in one area, one is strong in another. So how can we really increase that impact once we can have identified what those strengths are and how we are unique? Yeah, so I think one thing that I like to remind people is that there are like 7 billion people in this world and there is nobody who has the same blend of experience, of gifts, of talents and of background that you have. So you are the one, like God has chosen you and created you and you've been exposed to what nobody else is going to be exposed to. Even if you've grown up in the same house as a sibling, your experiences are going to be different. And with that in mind, then you have to think, well, how can I bring all the experiences that I've gained and the gifts that I have to be of service, not only in terms of you know, practically sharing the gospel, but in your day to day. So the people that you interact with, how could you make a positive impact on those people? So if you're somebody who is naturally a people's person and is naturally outgoing, then how do you intentionally use that? So you're in an organization, you may have just started there and you want to get to know your colleagues. So if it comes naturally to you to speak to people and to go out and connect, then use that, be bold in that and be the person that just walks up and talks to somebody that you don't know and invites them to go to lunch with you and has the conversation or be the person that connects the two people that seem to be a little bit shy, start the conversation so that they can come together. So when you're aware of what your strengths are, you can look for opportunities to be using them more. Another example is if you're somebody who may be a little bit more reserved, but you like to say, if you like research, then you can look for opportunities where you could help out and help somebody who has a research task. But in you helping them, you're building a relationship with that person and you're connecting with them and you're basically helping them. And then you helping them is going to mean that they remember you and that you are building a network within the organization. And it translates to ministry. So if I'll give you an example. Recently, God placed on my heart for me to start a group for praying mum. So I'm doing a monthly conference call where we come together and we pray together. Now, I'm somebody who loves to connect and loves to speak to people. And so God's placed it on my heart and it's well aligned with my strengths. So it doesn't feel like a chore to be doing this type of ministry because it's just aligned with me. So I think you just have to know what it is and then you look for opportunities where you can really use it. 
Mm, I think that this is so huge is sometimes we can get such tunnel vision that, you know, the career is about the career when really the career is really your mission field. Just like, you know, being a mom, that's your mission field. But everywhere that God has placed us, that is our opportunity to really be the light. And so I love that you're talking about how we can use that strength to build those relationships with others around us and allow us, because you never know. I mean, I came to God, and I've shared this before on the podcast, I came to God through a coworker at a job. Wow. So you never know who it is that you're going to be able to impact once you start to build those relationships and you allow people to see you and see your life and you see their life and you just never know. You never know where those conversations over lunch are going to lead or for us, it was even conversations, you know, around the water cooler. It was never even like conversations that left the office. So God can really work in any situation. Yeah. The job I was working as a corporate lawyer before I had my son. And then after I had my son, I didn't want to go back to the long hours. And I managed to get a job part-time as legal counsel. And it was a part-time role three days a week. And it's not one that would come that often, like in terms of the flexibility and the hours. And fast forward like a year into the role, I realized why God opened the door. I was able to have some great conversations with people and one person in particular about God and the way that the conversations came about were just random. And then I realized over time that we were having a lot of conversations about God. He wouldn't call himself a Christian. He has questions. And so I was able to answer some of those questions and just change his perspective on some things. So I felt like if only that reason that God opened the door, then that's good enough for me to be able to make an impact, even in a small way, through having conversations with this one person. That's amazing. And how great is our Father that He would open up that opportunity for you that also blesses you and your family. Exactly. That it's just amazing. <laughs> What you're doing. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. I love that so much. And, you know, obviously, you know, when those doors open and we are able to see our strengths and move in those strengths, it can really, that change sometimes. So I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions around career change because sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about it being all or nothing and sometimes it's just a little bit of a change in your role, but it might be completely different. Like you going full-time to part-time or maybe switching companies or completely switching careers. I know recently we've had a few people in our Facebook group who have done some pretty radical changes in their career to better suit their life and the Mm -hmm. life that they want to build with intentionality. But that can be kind of disruptive to our own psyche and also to our family. So do you have any tips for anyone who's going through a career transition on what that would look like, how they can best manage that? Yeah, I think one thing you can do before you jump in, because I think one of the things that people struggle with is, well, if I make this change, is this going to be the right one? Like, Do I know that I'm doing the right thing? So you can try when you're in that period of thinking, I think I want to go here, but I'm not 100% sure. Try doing some kind of volunteer work in that area. So reach out to organizations or to, to people in your network who might be doing what you're thinking about going into and ask them if you can just shadow for a week or you can just find out from them, like, what does your day look like what do you do on a day-to-day so that you're not making the transition based on what you think the new role is going to be but you're basing it on some exposure that you've gained either like personally or through a third party but once you've decided yeah I'm going to make this shift I think it's 
about preparing yourself for the fact that this is going to be a time of transition and also preparing your family and letting them know that you're going through that transition. And so that might mean you might have to work a little bit longer while you're learning things and getting up to speed. That might mean that you're doing longer hours, but it's not going to be forever. You know, it's for this period. Um, So preparing them and then preparing yourself for maybe going back to the beginning. So you might have got to a stage in your career where you was well established and you knew a lot and you were very knowledgeable. And now you're going to a place of learning. You're going through a season of you having to find out new things, understand how things work. So realizing that that's okay. it's okay for you to take your time and get up to speed in this new industry and don't just expect yourself to get to the same stage really really quickly I think it's being realistic about what's what's to come both on a personal level and then in terms of your family is going to help you with the transition I think that that's really really good and I would also encourage anyone who's going through that because change is hard change is. management is hard <laughs> like to manage that with your family and depending on the age of your kids you know my kids are a little older so when I went through a recent career change I could kind of sit them down and explain to them like this is what it's going to look like and this is you know how it might feel sometimes but this is really the reality like I was able to kind of prepare them through the process of change and the cycle yeah. of change but for younger kids it can be a little bit more difficult and I think even for ourselves managing ourselves through change we don't always realize how it's going to affect us until it affects us yeah um, and I think that that's where it's so beautiful that God has given us people like you that we can reach out to and walk alongside of us to help us through those transitions so if someone's listening to this and they're like gosh, I really need someone's help in either figuring out what my strengths are and where I should be doing, or I've made some changes in my career and I need some guidance with that. How would be the best way for people to partner with you or learn from you and all of the wisdom that God's given you? Yeah, so my website is www.lightboxcoaching.com and so they can go there. I also run a Facebook group called the Careers Beyond Motherhood Community and in there we talk all about careers and motherhood and how you can effectively blend the two and I do live trainings in the group uh, regularly so that's a good place to come and join us in that community Um, and I have a podcast too called Careers Beyond Motherhood where I interview a range of different women who are doing their careers beyond motherhood in different ways so it's a place to get inspiration and guidance from me too. Yes, those are the places you can find me and I work with people on a one-on-one and coach them and I also do some course and a group coaching program too. Fantastic. So much wisdom. Thank you so much for sharing so generously with our audience today. Is there any other parting thoughts that you would want them to know? Yeah, I would just say that nothing is permanent. So sometimes we make decisions and we feel like it's such a huge decision that you're making. And I want to just encourage you that if you make a decision and down the line, you decide that it's not the right one or that you want to move on, it's okay. It's okay to change your mind and it's okay to change direction. And it may be that you're in a position just for a period of time and all of our experiences add up to bring us to the point that we are today. And so just be okay with the fact that nothing is permanent and um, feel empowered to just go with it. If you want to make a change, make that change and let's see what happens. And God's always there to guide us and catch us when we fall anyway. So. Amen. That is so beautiful. And I know that that is like exactly what so many people need to hear. So (laughs) thank you so much for your time. And it was so great chatting with you and learning from you today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been great being here. I listen to the podcast and love it. It's so nice to be a guest. So thank you. (laughs) Oh, thanks so much. 
I hope that you guys enjoyed listening to Janine just as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. So much wisdom there. I hope that you go and you follow her on social media. You can find her by searching for Careers Beyond Motherhood, listen to her podcast, and really support her in everything that she is doing. Now, since we're talking about career, the Bible verse that I wanted to spend some time on in this episode is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Now, the New International Version reads, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Now, I love this verse for so many reasons. One, I love anything that's so commanding in the Bible, like stand firm. I just, you know, so many times I think about when I go into work, how many times over the course of my career, I haven't stood firm. I've wavered or I've waffled or I've had an indecision about something in my heart. And really thinking about that of standing firm and let nothing move you. Now, of course, this is really talking about God and our work for the Lord. But as we talked about with Janine, regardless of where God has you, regardless of your station, regardless of what your office looks like, regardless of who is around you and what it is that you do with your time, you are where you are and you can make a difference in the kingdom exactly where you are. You never know what that conversation is going to turn to. You never know what those comments or the things that you stand firm in, whether it's in a meeting and you're talking about policy or it's the work that you do, or even just the way that you dress, the way you respond to office politics, the way you respond to gossip in the office. All of these things are examples of ways that we can stand firm in our faith and really be a testimony and be a light to other people. Because when we do that, It is not in vain, and God will glorify everything that you are doing in your workplace. Now, one of the things that I really love to use as a tool when I am researching the Word of God and I'm spending time really studying, not just meditating on the Word, but really studying and diving in and wanting to learn and wanting to know, is a website called BibleHub.com. And I wanted to share that with you because it's a really fantastic site. So, for example, if you go to BibleHub.com, and you plug in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it'll show you the verse in all the different translations. So you can really compare the translations for this verse to see all of the different things that it says. So for example, I read it to you in the New International Version. The King James Version is, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be yet steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And again, there's other things that you can take from that version that just really stick to you. So make sure that you're really studying the Word of God and that you're looking at it in context, which is another reason why I love this website, because then off to the side, you can really see the cross-reference of Scripture and where this Scripture is kind of reflected throughout the Bible. You can see the verses that are above and below this verse so that you can really get some context. And then, you know, it has a word search, so you can see all of the words that are in this particular passage and where else those words are used in the Bible. So it really gives you a chance to expand. And on the bottom, there's commentary. So you can really expand your knowledge of what God's word has to say. So I highly recommend BibleHub.com for your growing in the knowledge of God's word. 
Now, I'm really excited for next week. I hope that you guys have subscribed if you haven't already. And I hope that you sign up for the seven-week challenge because we're kicking it off next week. Now, normally, this challenge could be done in seven days. I'm just going to throw that out there. So if you're listening to this and it's in the future and we've already gone through the seven-day challenge or we might be on a week four of the seven-week challenge, you can catch up and do it along with us because it's summertime and I want to give you some space and some grace, right, to take this slow through the challenge and to see what God is going to do for you. So let me just break it down a little bit on how this is going to work. Every week for the next seven weeks, we will be doing one of the weekly lessons in the podcast. So you can listen to it, you can get encouraged, and you can really learn from it. And I know each of these lessons are going to be really impactful for you. I've designed them to be something that's actionable and something that you will have a huge payoff in your life as you're working to create more balance in your life. So each one of these lessons, even if you just do one of them, it's going to be incredible. If you listen to the podcast all seven weeks long, awesome. You're going to be able to get all of that content. But I highly encourage that you sign up for all of the extras. It's completely free. And every week you'll get an email from me with all of the worksheets, some thought starters and ways of taking it a little bit deeper. So I hope that you do that and you can sign up for it in multiple places because I know you're busy and I want to make it easy for you. So you can sign up for this seven week challenge by either going to my website, yourliferocks.com, or I'll have it on our Instagram page, your.life.rocks. So you can find it there. I'll also be posting it in our Facebook group. And if you're already on my email list, I'll be sending out an email where you can sign up to get all of the goodies that are going to be included in that as well. So it's going to be in a lot of places. I hope you sign up for it because I know it's going to be impactful and just a really great way of diving a little bit deeper, doing some personal development this summer for you as you work to create more balance. So until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.